Good morning. It's good to see everyone this morning. Thank you for being here. Thanks for that. Testing. Is this better? No? How about like this? <laughs> okay. I can do this. I can do this. It's like trying to teach an old dog new tricks. Is that the same, Johanna? Does it sound the same? Now, how's that? Can everybody hear me all the way in the back? Yeah. Sophia? <laughs> if you can't hear me, please do sit closer. And you can drag your chair up toward this way, too. Uh, so if I really shout, is it better? <laughs> okay, how's that? Ah, okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to use this like a handheld microphone. Okay. Okay. Right now. Talk. Talking. No. Test. Okay. Hold on. I think it folds right into your shirt. Okay. Which way? Oh, it's this way. Okay, try it. Okay, how's this? Can everybody hear? Nope. Hold it. I'm going to hold it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, we're going to do it like this. All right. Well, good morning again. Uh, my name is Daryl, and I'm a volunteer meditation instructor for Columbus KTC. And on Sunday mornings when Mama Kathy is away, her talks are devoted to selected donors. And this morning, we're beginning a little discussion. Our is the seventh of my dream. the Venerable Kinchin Trungu Rupeshe. And this book is available for free online in PDF format. So if you're interested in getting a hold of the text and reading along, um, it's very easy to find. Just search uh, the seven books of mind Kinchin Trungu Rupeshe. And Annie in the store, uh, I jotted that down for her so she can show you the spelling. This text is based on teachings that Trinda Rinpoche gave on two occasions. The first occasion was in 1993, and the second was in 2001. 
um, I'll say just a few words about Trungpa Rinpoche. He is an eminent scholar and meditation master in the Karmakaju lineage, which of course is our lineage here at Columbus KTC. And um, in fact, he is so eminent that he served as the personal tutor of His Holiness, the 17th Karmapa. Um, Trungpa Rinpoche serves as the abbot of Gainpo Abbey in Nova Scotia, Canada. And he's actually known for a great many accomplishments. If you look up his bio, it just goes on and on. But one of the things that he's known for is his ability to make the teachings accessible to Western students. He's very clear. So, as we said, this book is The Seven Points of Mind Training. And this text is a manual of Mahayana practice. So this is a, um, a practice manual, a guidebook, uh, a practical um, manual to keep with us, actually. And what this text does is it addresses how to cut through our obscurations and specifically how to do this using the two types of bodhicitta. And we'll be talking about this as we continue. Now, the sources of the line training teachings are twofold. Uh, first, the teachings come from the sutras, the words of the Buddha. And second, the teachings also come from the Shastras, which are the commentaries by great masters. Um, the teachings were collected, collated, and condensed by a great Indian master named Atisha. And Atisha was a great Buddhist scholar at Nalanda University, the great um, center of, of Buddhist learning at that time. And he's actually recognized as a major figure in the spread of Buddhism from India to Tibet. Um, in fact, Atisha transported the text online training from India to Tibet uh, during the 11th century. Um, this was a time when Buddhism was actually being reintroduced into Tibet after a period of suppression. So it, it, it was originally introduced several centuries earlier, um, but the government had suppressed it. Now, um, Atisha is known for a number of things. Uh, one of these is emphasizing the importance of refuge and bodhicitta in Buddhist practice. And he was also known for being a great synthesizer of the teachings. Um, he received the teachings from two great Indian masters, Jampi Moljor and Dharma Rakshida, and also from the famous um, master Jowo Sirlingpa, who happened to live on the island of Sumatra in Indonesia. So these were 
the sources of the teachings as far as Atisha was concerned. And then one of his disciples, Chekawa Yeshe Dorje, compiled the teachings in the format of the seven points of mind training. So um, we might file some of this information under too much information, but of course we talk about where the teachings came from to affirm their authenticity and validity. So in other words, somebody didn't just make all this stuff up. It, it, it has a, um, there's a legitimate lineage. Now, the mind training teachings are considered contemplations. And these contemplations are focused on overcoming a habitual tendency that all of us have. And this particular tendency is uh, very simple for us to talk about. This is simply a habit of seeing ourselves as the center of the world. So what we're saying is we all have a habit of inflating our egotism and selfishness. And we can readily understand how this habitual tendency is so harmful and destructive. Because when we place ourselves in a favored position, automatically this is to the de detriment of someone else. And actually, we do this in so many ways on so many levels, and we're all familiar with this with these ways. So, for example, we read the news and we know that this manifests as nation versus nation. It manifests as one race versus another. It manifests as social class versus social class. We see it in one community versus another. We see it in one group of friends versus another. And of course, we see it in family versus family, neighbor versus neighbor. So we're all familiar with this habit that we have and how it manifests and ripples beyond us. So the practice of mind training, the purpose of this manual is it's designed to reverse this habitual way of thinking and acting that we're all so familiar with. So before we get started, let's follow our tradition of chanting together the short prayer of refuge and bodhicitta. In this prayer, we generate the wish to liberate others, and we take refuge in the Buddha, the source of the teachings, or we could say awareness. We take refuge in the Dharma, the teachings themselves, or we could say truth. And we take refuge in the Sangha, the followers of the teachings, or we could say love and compassion. So if you don't know this prayer, please join us in your heart thinking that we're going to uh, listen to the teachings, contemplate them, 
and bring them into our life in order to benefit others as much as possible. Sanjay Chadan Saki Chaknam La Jan Chuhu Pardu Dakni Kapsu Chi Daki Jin Sochi Pesanam Ki Dro Laha Pinchir Sanjay Druparsha Sanjay Chudan Saki Chagnam La Jan Chuhu Bardu Dagni Kyapsuchi Dagi Jin Saji Pesanam Ki Drolaha Pinchir Sanjay Druparsha Sanjay Chadang Saki Chadnam La Jan Chuhu Bardu Dakni Kyapsuchi Daki Jin Saji Pesanam Ki Drolaha Pinchir Sanjay Thank you. So, our chapter this morning is titled An Introduction to Mind Training. And Tranga Rinpoche begins by noting that a central part of the Mahayana path, which is our path, is the bodhisattva vow. Now we can say uh, a word or two about the Mahayana path. This is about attaining enlightenment, not just for ourselves, but for all beings. And the bodhisattva vow is our commitment to doing exactly this, no matter how many lifetimes this might take. So, Tranga Rinpoche says, one of the ways to actually practice the Bodhisattva vow is through Lojong practice. Now, the word Lojong is a Tibetan word, and this means mind training. And the purpose of mind training, as we're probably gathering, is to develop loving kindness, compassion, and bodhicitta for all beings. The word bodhicitta is a Sanskrit word that means the mind of enlightenment. And actually there are two kinds of bodhicitta. The first kind, absolute bodhicitta, is the completely awakened mind that sees the emptiness of phenomena. So we could say this is the mind that uh, understands or appreciates emptiness. The second kind of bodhicitta, relative bodhicitta, is the aspiration to practice the six paramitas, or perfect virtues, and then to free 
all beings from the suffering of samsara or cyclic existence. Now, Lama Tom's been talking about, on the fourth Sunday of each month, he's been talking about the six paramitas or perfect virtues. And uh, I think most recently he talked about diligence, but um, uh, the six virtues, beginning with the easiest and working upward, are uh, first of all, generosity, second, ethics, third, patience, fourth is diligence, and fifth is meditation, and sixth is wisdom. So that's relative bodhicitta. It's focused on practicing those, developing those, in order to liberate all beings. So Trungpa Rinpoche goes on to say that um, usually we tend to think of ourselves as really important. And he says that what this, how this manifests is that if we have any kind of suffering, um, we tend to think it's unbearable. And we think nobody has suffering like mine. Also, we want happiness for ourselves. And we think our own happiness is more important than anyone else's. And I want to interject something here. Um, we also think our own ideas are more important than anyone else's. Actually, um, we're so egotistical that when we receive meditation instructions from great masters, we often alter the instructions so that they'll fit our uh, preconceptions, expectations, our thoughts, our experiences, our preferences. And when you think about it, this is really remarkable. Because what we're doing is, in effect, rejecting a practice instruction from a master, and we replace it with something that we ourselves make up. So we end up by practicing a fantasy practice, effectively. And the result is that what we're really doing is just practicing distraction. It's just another kind of distraction. So it might be a dharmic distraction, but it's a distraction. And most fundamentally, you know, we practice to let go of self-clinging. But if we practice a fantasy practice, we're actually reinforcing self-clinging. So we're actually undoing any practice we may have done. Now, um, needless to say, so that's the end of my tangent. Needless to say, the foundation for love, compassion, and bodhicitta is not clinging or grasping or fixation. And instead, the foundation of these qualities, these qualities that uh, 
are so essential is it has two elements. The first is to think of others as equal to ourselves. And the second is to be able to exchange ourselves for others. So, in other words, we have to be able to put others first. So, we have to let go of our habitual belief. And again, this belief is that only we are important, that only our own suffering is unbearable, and our own happiness is far more important than anyone else's. So, how do we train our mind to do this? How do we let go of that belief? Trungpa Rinpoche in this chapter talks about the first step. And he says the first step is to realize that if I feel I'm important and my suffering is unbearable, then others must feel exactly the same way. So again, the first step in mind training is realizing that others feel exactly the same way we do. Now, here, um, Trungpa Rinpoche shifts the discussion a little bit. And uh, what he does is address the relationship of mind training mind training teachings and practice to Mahamudra teachings and practice. Now, Mahamudra meditation is considered the highest teaching and practice of the Karmakaju tradition. And um, the word Mahamudra is a Sanskrit word that literally means great seal. And this great seal refers to a seal that you would stamp on a document to affirm its authority and validity. So the meaning of great seal in the context of Mahamudra is that all phenomena, everything, the nature of everything, is sealed by the primordially perfect true nature. So another way of saying this would be that Mahamudra affirms the perfect nature of all phenomena. Now, uh, another uh, thing we could say about Mahamudra meditation is that it emphasizes perceiving mind directly instead of through rational analysis. Um, here at KTC, we first practiced this during the dissolution phase of sadhana practice. <clears throat> How many sadhana practitioners do we have here? Okay, we have quite a few. Um, so, we experience Mahamudra meditation during the dissolution phase of sadhana practice. Specifically, when we mix the guru's mind and our mind. I never imagined I'd have a piano accompaniment. This is great. 
Bhagu Rinpoche explains that there are two kinds of truths, relative truth and ultimate truth. And he says, Mahamudra is a very high-level teaching that concerns the ultimate truth. But he says sometimes we're just not able to realize the ultimate meaning. So he says sometimes our meditation goes well. I think we've probably all experienced that. And sometimes it doesn't go so well. He says sometimes our diligence decreases and um, our pride increases and our meditation just doesn't go well. But he says, at times like this, contemplating the mind training slogans and precepts is very helpful. He says, basically, these teachings are designed for those uh, difficult times. Because he says, if we do contemplate the slogans and precepts of mind training, our diligence and faith will increase. And in fact, he says, really, mind training is for times when we experience inner obstacles. And inner obstacles are very, very old habits of negative thinking that can be reversed through mind training. So um, we'll conclude this morning's discussion with a final essential point. And this point is that mind training emphasizes applying dharma <coughs> excuse me, in our everyday life. And to apply mind training, to apply dharma in our everyday life, we need two essentials. First, we need a consistent daily practice on the meditation cushion. And this is so important because it's in this daily practice that we see the insubstantiality of the small self. It's also in this daily practice that we become used to the process of letting go over and over again. So the first essential element we need as practitioners is a regular daily practice where we begin to understand no self and grow familiar with letting go. So that's the first essential element. The second essential element is a post-meditation practice away from the meditation cushion. So here, what we're talking about is carrying our practice into daily life. And the idea here, of course, is that our day-to-day -day actions actually reflect our practice. Um, in his introduction to the book, The Great Path of Awakening, Ken McLeod says that through this daily meditation and post-meditation, we should actually expect to experience 
certain specific changes in ourselves. So we should become more tolerant. We should become less arrogant. We should become more open to others. And we should become more responsive to others. And we should also experience a few other things. He says we should feel genuinely at peace with ourselves. We should also feel naturally happy and cheerful, even in difficult situations. And finally, he says our actions should be only the kind that don't cause regret or shame. And I'll, I'll read you his own words here. He says, continual practice of meditation and attention to everyday conduct go together. They are two aspects of practice rather than two unrelated activities. So this completes this morning's discussion. And um, I'd like us to <laughs> I'd like us to conclude by doing a guided meditation together. So let's begin by relaxing and settling the body and mind. And so we can do this by taking a nice deep breath, breathing way down into the abdomen. And as we breathe out, we just place our attention on the breath and watch our breath dissipate into space. So let's do that together a couple of times. Now, um, breathing normally, let's place our attention on the breath. And when we breathe in, we know we're breathing in. And when we breathe out, we know we're breathing out. So let's let our attention follow the breath as we breathe in and breathe out.
when we exhale, let's imagine sending all our happiness, well-being, and good karma to all sentient beings without exception. And when we inhale, let's imagine we're receiving all their unhappiness, suffering, and bad karma, and they're being relieved of it. As this negativity merges with, with us, we imagine it dissolves into nothing.
let's completely let go of that visualization and just simply completely relax and rest our attention in awareness and spaciousness. We'll practice like that for a few minutes. dedicate the merit of this practice to the happiness, well-being, and ultimate enlightenment of all beings. Okay, thank you. Um, we've got time for questions. If anyone would like to uh, share a question, the microphone is over here. or comments, um, we'll conclude our session uh, by taking a moment to dedicate the merit. Let's think that through our being here, listening to the teachings and contemplating them, uh, let's generate a sincere aspiration to tame the mind, wake up, and liberate others. May we establish and maintain a daily meditation practice. May our daily practice eventually lead us to complete Buddhahood. And having attained Buddhahood, 
may we manifest in order to guide all beings to liberation from suffering.